Welcome to the final chapter of Saint Nick and the Big F*** Up, a holiday audio drama in six parts. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, you can find them on your favorite podcast app or at the website saintnickandthebigfup.com. I'm Phil Rickaby, the writer and performer of Saint Nick and the Big F*** Up. If you like this audio drama, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. If you want to post about it on Twitter or Instagram, use the hashtag SaintNickFedUp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PhilRickaby, and my website is PhilRickaby.com. If you've enjoyed this audio play, consider dropping some change in my virtual tip jar. You'll find a link in the show notes. And hang around for just a minute at the end of the episode for some important credits. After the first time I left a box of gifts at Jenny's, I dropped off another box for Ashley. I did the same thing the next year, the year after that. I did it for three more years. And each year, I watched Facebook on Christmas Day to see how the gifts were received. And there are photos and a thank you to the mystery Santa and just... Seeing the smile on that little girl's face is everything. And then last year, something changes. This time, her caption says, Thank you again for the gifts, St. Nick. And I know that she knows it's me. And I don't know how I should feel about that. But I know it means something. Because it wasn't followed by a stay away or anything like that. And that's when I decided to try and learn to love Christmas. Because there was hope. And then... Just the other day, there's a... There's a post on Jenny's wall. It says... When you come this year, St. Nick... I wish you'd stay a little... I don't know what that means, but I'm excited and scared because I haven't seen Jenny in person in years. And I'd, I'd never seen my daughter outside of the pictures posted on Facebook. But I knew I didn't actually have the nerve to follow through. At least until Ashley came to my castle. And that clinched it. I thought this year... When I ring the doorbell, I'm not going to run away. And then today happened. I fucked up this Santa Claus gig. A gig I took to learn to love Christmas. Great job there, Nick. Just like always. It wasn't supposed to be like this. I was doing so well. 
right to the last day without fucking it up. I wasn't even supposed to be working today. Christmas fucking Eve. And there I am, storming through the mall in my Santa suit, my wig and my beard on the floor of the castle, bloody and forgotten. And all around me are the last minute shoppers rushing, almost panicking to finish their lists as the minutes tick towards too late. And that reminds me of my father. I hadn't thought about dad in years. Maybe it was seeing all the dads doing their last minute shopping, their faces a mask of annoyance at themselves for leaving it to the last minute again, combined with anger at all the other people who were doing the same damn thing. Like my dad probably used to. That was my dad's habit. To leave his shopping to the last minute and do it all on Christmas Eve. It was just what he did. It was something he swore every year that he would never do again. But the next year would come and he'd be out there on Christmas Eve doing it all over again. Or so I've heard. That year. The year I was four, he was in the middle of his usual pattern. Driving from one mall to the next when another car slammed into his. Like a lot of men of his day, Dad refused to wear a seatbelt, swearing that it was better to be thrown clear, and in this accident, he was. He went through the windshield, and his head smashed on the pavement. And he died there. I was asleep when the police came, so I didn't hear the news. And mom decided that she didn't want to ruin Christmas for me, so she decided not to tell me right away. So on Christmas morning, I woke up and had a normal Christmas, except that dad wasn't there. Mom deflected all my questions about where dad was and encouraged me to just play and have fun. She did tell me on the 26th, though, so I guess it's okay that Boxing Day was ruined as long as Christmas Day remained unsullied. And then mom erased him from our lives. Pictures were taken down, photo albums were hidden away. And she never mentioned him again. I guess she just didn't want to be sad anymore. She just wanted us to be happy no matter what, so she erased him. People do what they have to to cope, I guess. After that, Mom became obsessed with Christmas and making sure that Christmas was a special time filled with nothing but joy. And she tried to stretch that season into as much of the year as she could. She clung to Christmas like a life raft. And that's when she started calling me her little Santa Claus. She didn't do it to hurt me. She did it to survive her grief. All this bitterness and anger born of something she did because of how much she was hurting and how much she just wanted to protect me. And I thanked her by hating her for it. I 
I took this gig because I wanted to be worthy of my daughter. I wanted to be someone she could be proud of. I wanted to be a good person. If being Santa Claus has taught me anything, it's that everyone has the capacity for good. They just have to choose to use it. I watched children doing their best to be good, even if they didn't always succeed, and parents who had long forgotten their childhoods remember that Christmas morning feeling when Santa waved at them. I saw people believing in magic, the kind that made them want to be better people. And if all those people could do it, why not me? I, too, had the capacity for good, even though for a long time I didn't use it. I wallowed in my sadness. I pushed away everyone who might be good for me because I didn't deserve them, which just made me more miserable to be around and just plain miserable. But why should I be any different from them? What makes me different from them? Nothing. I just have to choose it. I have to take a first step. I'm still storming through the mall. I haven't got very far and I'm still wearing the Santa suit. And I stop. A beardless Santa in the middle of a crowded mall on Christmas Eve who's just realized how much his mother loved him and how terrible he'd been to her. There's only one thing to do. It's something I should have done a long time ago. time. Yeah, me too. Have you, have you been okay? No, no, I'm fine. I just, I just wanted to hear your voice. So it's Christmas Eve night. Tomorrow I will have Christmas dinner with my mother for the first time in I don't know how long. But tonight, I'm standing on the porch at Jenny's house with a box of gifts like I have so many times before. I ring the doorbell, but this time I don't run across the street. And I don't know what will happen, but my heart is racing and I'm sweating even though it's cold out and every fiber of my being is telling me to run away, but I don't. Because Jenny asked. The door opens and there they are. Mother and daughter. And they're smiling. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And in that moment, the past is behind us. And whatever the future brings, whatever happens now is new. They invite me inside. And I don't know what the future holds, but for right now, this is what I wanted, and my heart is so full. And for the first time, 
in a long time. It really is a Merry Christmas. And that was the final chapter of St. Nick and the Big F*** Up. Thank you for listening. Remember to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think using the hashtag St. Nick Up. Music in this episode were excerpts from Krampus Workshop, There Is Romance, Angels We Have Heard on High, and a very Brady special, all from Kevin McLeod, all released under a Creative Commons by Attribution License. Some sound effects in this episode were from Zapsplat.com.